Thank you, girls. Thank you, Tim. Thank, thank you, Phoebe and Esther. This has been a wonderful night. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to look at uh, the book of 1 Timothy in chapter 4 tonight. The teens, uh, we, we talked about the cornerstone of life on Friday. Uh, we talked about how God fits together uh, the building of the church and how uh, if we are uh, aligned to that cornerstone, everything fits together. And I was just amazed tonight just uh, to think about the, the songs that we sang tonight, how uh, I didn't pick them out. Uh, I believe Tim and Esther picked them out. Uh, but the very subject matter and what the song the girls just sang, the very subject matter of all those songs all tied together in our, our passage tonight as we look at First uh, Timothy and chapter 4. And we're, we're looking at our, uh, the series I started last month about being uh, setting an example, uh, setting an example, letting no man despise our youth, but setting an example. So let's look at First uh, Timothy chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 12. And it says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Tonight, we're going to look at that second word, in conversation, and how uh, we ought to be examples uh, to the believers uh, and of the believers uh, in our conversation. So let's pray, and we'll get started. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for uh, just all of those who have had a part uh, in serving. And Lord, I pray that you would encourage these teens to uh, use their lives to serve you. And Father, I pray uh, you would help me uh, tonight as uh, we look into your word. I pray uh, for your Holy Spirit's filling. I pray for your help, and I pray that you would use this uh, in your truth to uh, just change lives to become more like you. And Lord, I thank you for these things. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to need a hand. I'm going to need one of the teens who has not served. I'm going to need them to come up here. So is there a teen here who has not served in any way? I'm going to have to pick someone. So. Right there? I see back there. Come on up. And while he's coming up, let me pull this out. We need a little table here to, to illustrate something. In the uh, children's church, each lesson we've been having a, an object lesson. If you come on up here, I'm going to lay some things on the table here. And I don't know if everyone's going to be able to see, but I'll show as I lay these down. So I'm going to pull out my pocket here. I've got a $50 bill. None of this is for you, I'm sorry. But for illustration, I've got a $20 bill. I've got a $10 bill. I've got a $5 bill. And if I dig even deeper in the lint and garbage of my pocket, I have got a toonie, a loonie. That's really shiny. I've got a quarter, nickel, and a dime. So, I have a proposition for you tonight. Now, you won't be able to get to keep it, but <laughs> if you were to pick, if you were to pick five of these 
units of currency, which five would you choose? Pick them. <laughs> he, he goes for the bills. Okay, you got one more choice. He's going for the toonie. He's running away. <laughs> you see here, that makes sense. If I was up here and I came up here and I uh, had this choice laid before me, I'd take the most valuable things. And you see, in our lives, so often we go the other way around. We say, oh, wow, this, this loony here, this looks really shiny. I really like that. This quarter here, this is sparkly. I really, you, you like that? Why didn't you take that, man? That's really shiny. You can put that in a vending machine. You know, this week I saw a vending machine at Canadian Tire that dispenses Hot Wheels. I thought that was the coolest. Roy asked me if that was what the, the, the prize chest was for Children's Church. I wish. You could use this in a vending machine. Isn't that pretty cool? Why didn't you pick these things? Because uh, it's not as valuable as the other things. Not as valuable. So often in our lives... We get so distracted by the shiny things, the, the sparkly things in our lives, the things of low value. And we don't, we don't pick the high value things. We don't say, well, I want to do that because that's high value. You can take a seat. Tonight, we're looking at being an example in conversation. A conversation, that word, it's a, uh, a word that was at the time of the translation of uh, the King James, uh, it was meant... Uh, a word that was used for lifestyle, our lifestyle. Uh, nowadays, we'd use the word lifestyle, but back in the 1600s, they used the word conversation, and it encompassed more than just the idea of talking with one another. It was your manner of life. And so God wants us to be an example uh, in our lifestyle, in our conversation. And it's obvious uh, if you had this choice, you would pick the most valuable things in our lives. But so often, we go for the things that are low value. They might be uh, shiny, sparkly. Uh, they might be attractive to us. But in the eternal sense of everything, they have very little value. God wants us to prioritize in our life the things that have the most value, the things that, have, uh, that matter the most. God wants us to, uh, to pick the most valuable things to consume our lives with. What matters most in your life? What matters uh, when you wake up in the morning? What are you thinking about? Oh, man, I, I'm excited to do that. What things are you doing with your life? Uh, what matters to you? Are you picking the things that have the highest eternal value? You see, if Jesus is your prime priority, how are you organizing the rest of your life? If you're a Christian today and you, you know you're saved and that's Jesus Christ is number one in your life and you're saying that, how are you then organizing the rest of your life? How are you uh, saying, well, I, I should do this and not this? How, how are you making that decision? And tonight I want to... Uh, consider uh, what happens when we center our life on Jesus. And so, number one, when we center our life on Jesus, our investments have greater return. Let's, let's open uh, to our text passage tonight. First Timothy is more of our, our theme passage, but our text passage tonight is in Matthew chapter 6. 
Matthew chapter 6, and we'll look uh, beginning in verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and dust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye, and if, the, if therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. As we begin uh, looking at this passage tonight, we're going to begin in 19, uh, looking at the idea of uh, our consumerist society or choosing to love God. Uh, we uh, have this uh, idea in society today, uh, which is often called consumerism, that I, in order for me to be happy, I have to go buy something. I have to be consistently getting and getting, and I'll just be happy if I get the next best thing. I remember growing up, and uh, I, I had an Android phone, and I had a lot of friends who all had iPhones. And they were, they were just, man... Man, the, the, you hear the iPhone 8's coming out? The iPhone 8's coming out? Man, I, I just upgraded from iPhone 8. And that was like the top end of like the phones. And they're all like, oh, you, you, are you getting the iPhone 8? I heard it was like September when they announced it. And it was about October by the time one of them had it. And next year came around. You know what Apple did again? They launched the iPhone 10, I think it was. They launched the iPhone 10, and then, man, that iPhone 8 I got last year is no good. I got I to gotta throw it out. It still functions about 90% fine, but they had to go get the next best thing because they thought 
That was what was going to make them happy. That was what was going to give them some status with their peers. We live in this society of consumerism where we just have to get, 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 keep getting until we think we're going to be satisfied, but the end never comes. Are we buying things in our life because we think, oh, well, so-and-so, they're going to see me with this. They're going to see me with this suit jacket on. They're going to see this or that. And they're going to think, oh, he's, he's, he's a cool guy. Or are we buying things based on what pleases God? Thinking, if I make this purchase, is this going to help further God's mission, God's calling in my life? Is this going to help uh, me glorify God? Buying food is good. Uh, if you're taking care of your family, getting food for your family, taking care of the needs around the house, uh, that's important. That, that's glorifying God. You're taking care of your family. I'm not against buying uh, things for your, for your house to help your family. Uh, but the desire to buy and get uh, just so that we think we might be happy and so we can, might have status with others, uh, that, that doesn't please God. I remember hearing the illustration that uh, at funerals, no hearses pull a U-Haul. You got to the end of your life, they put you in a casket, they put you into the hearse, and on the way to the graveyard, they're not going to be stopping at the U-Haul place, loading it up, heading off to the graveyard cemetery, and somehow transporting your, your things that you collected all your life uh, to transport them somehow to heaven. You cannot take uh, the things that you have on this earth with you when you die. And so we get so consumed trying to get and trying to have and, and trying to have a big collection of things, but yet in the end, when the judgment comes, it's all going to turn to ashes. The Bible says in, in Matthew 6.20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. See, in this earth, in this life, what we have is temporal. And if we get lost and, and forget that fact in life, that everything we have here, uh, every, all the material things that we own, they're all temporal. If we lose focus of that fact, uh, when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll realize, man, that was not worth it. That was not worth spending all my money towards, all my time towards. And you see, in heaven, it says here, where uh, lay up treasures in heaven where thieves do not break through nor steal. You see, I, I hear people talking about, well, if you want your money to be safe, you got to put it in cryptocurrency, man. you got to put it in cryptocurrency. You got, if you want your money safe, that's got the highest security levels. But that security, if, even if that is secure, the heaven's security, financial or eternal uh, value is, is so secure. The, the bank of heaven is, is more secure than any uh, method of transaction uh, man could ever create. So why do we spend so much time on the things that don't matter? Why do we think uh, that the happiness that they give is going to last through our lives? It's, it's just temporary. The status that they give is just temporary. When we love God first, when we center our lives around Jesus Christ, we find out, uh, when we center our life around Jesus, we find out that he is enough. We find out that he is enough. In Philippians chapter 4, 
Verse 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Would we understand that everything that we need in our life, God is willing to supply it. God wants to supply every single need that you have. And you go through life so worried, so uh, just concerned. Oh, man, I got to get that next meal. I got to get the paycheck so I can get the food. I got to have that piece of clothing so when I go to that banquet, I can look good. We get so consumed and wrapped up in all the things that we need in life that we forget that there's a God who owns the riches uh, on the cattle of a thousand hills, and his riches are infinite. And we forget that if we just trust him, he promises to supply not just most of our needs, but every single need that we have. Not just in our physical needs, but also we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 9, it said, says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my affirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So often we go through life and we, we're so weak, we're so uh, lacking God's power, and God is saying, I, I want to give you my power. It, this is something that we cannot just go to a store and buy. It's, it's something that you cannot take a, a bill out of your wallet and say, well, I need some more power, I need some more endurance in my life, I need some more strength. It's something we can't just go by. God is promising that his grace is sufficient for your every need. And we, we can trust Jesus. We can trust that he is able to provide for every need uh, because he's gone through the experiences of life. He's gone through every single one. It says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. If we go through life and we think, well, I have this great need, it's, it's a sorrow of my life. Someone's in the hospital, they're, they're uh, on their last days. I have this great need. And Jesus has gone through every single need, every single infirmity and temptation that we have gone through, whatever it might be. God is saying, you can rely on me. You can rely on my provision. You can rely on my strength because I've gone through it and I have all that uh, you need. Then as we looked at Matthew chapter 6, we saw uh, that where our treasure is, our heart will be also. We put our heart where our money is. Is your money being used for God? Are you investing what you have to further the work of God? Or do you uh, invest your money in something else? God promises us that if we are faithful in giving, if we are faithful uh, to give to his work, if we're faithful in giving, he says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. God promises to take care of our needs. And if we would just be willing to give willing to give to God to, to use uh, our money for what he would want, God promises that he will uh, allow us to reap also bountifully. We see when we have an internal focus, uh, we'll look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, if you open your Bibles there, when we have an internal focus, we are renewed inwardly. Oftentimes in our life, if we have 
a temporal focus in our life, we get so overwhelmed with the cares of life, we get so overwhelmed with what's happening tomorrow, what's happening this afternoon, uh, our minds are off at the end of the week when we're living today, and we get so uh, consumed with our life when we have a temporal focus that we get overwhelmed. But God promises us that when we have an internal focus, uh, we can be renewed inwardly. We see in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, our life is short. Our life is a vapor. This light affliction that we face in our life, it's just for a moment. Which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We see that Paul understood that the difficulties, the hardships of life, of the gospel, of the gospel's ministry... Uh, they were worth going through because they provided eternal returns. And so we looked at when we see uh, our life centered on Jesus, uh, we uh, have our, our investments with re greater return. And then secondly tonight, uh, when we center our life uh, on Jesus, we can focus better. We can focus better. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. What are you focusing on? What are you focusing on today? What things are you consuming in your life with and you're thinking about, man, I can't wait until one year from now I get to do that thing, or maybe five years from now I get to do that thing. What is your focus on how can we avoid uh, and be careful to avoid worldliness? How can we uh, be careful to avoid consumerism, temporalism, and the likewise? We must be sure that we focus on the right end. So what is your goal in life? What is your focus? What is that end goal? You say, that's the thing that when I get to the end of my life, that's what I want to do. That's what I would have wanted to have done. Paul, he set his goal in life, as we see in Philippians 3, verse 14, he says that he, uh, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Uh, we see that Paul desired to do God's calling on his life, and that was his focus in life. That was his, what he pressed towards. His goal was, I, when I finish my life, when I die, I want to get to that point where I can say, I've done God's calling in my life. Are we doing God's calling in our life? Are we trying uh, to, to seek God's will, try to discern what he wants for us, and then take action and do it? Are we setting our goal on God's calling in our life? We saw in, in Matthew 6, 22, if therefore thine eye be single, if you have that focus Thy whole body shall be full of light. When we're focused on the right end goal, our life, uh, our, the journey through that uh, will be a lot clearer. When we go through life and we, we're, we know that I know that God wants me to do His calling on my life, all the next decisions in your life are a lot clearer. And in Psalm 
119, verse 105. Psalm 119, 105. We see, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As an example, they, they would have oil lamps in, in the Bible, and these lamps are just the, the light of a, a, a little wick, uh, no brighter than a candle. And as they would get, uh, journey through the night, that little candle that they would hold in that oil lamp uh, was just bright enough so that they could see what the next step would be. They'd take the next step, and then they would, that light would reveal the next step. In our lives, when, if we choose to, to follow uh, what God's calling us for our life, it's not going to be, oh, I know exactly every single step and every single valley, every single left turn and right turn on the way to God's calling in my life. God has not revealed it that way to us. God has said, if you just trust me, if you have faith, if, you, if you're just willing to see, okay, this is what God's word says, that's the next step. Amen. And then, okay, that's what God's word says, that's the next step. And then your life doesn't get so consumed with worrying about, oh man, what am I going to do 10 steps from now? When it, in all reality, uh, that place that you thought you were going to get to, you go all the way over that direction. You go the other direction. We get, when we get so worried about the what-ifs in life, we get so worried about what could be, there's so many branches of the tree of what-if that the one we actually take avoids 99% of all the what-ifs we would have ever faced. When we obey God's word, the next step in our life is clear. And then contrary, we see in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 23, if we focus... Uh, if our focus in life is not on what God wants us to do, we will constantly be in a state of uncertainty. We'll constantly be second-guessing our decisions about what we've done in our life. We'll look back and say, I don't know if that was the right decision. I don't know if that was the right decision. We go through our life without God's word. We go through our life without looking at the end goal of God's calling in our life. And we go through and say, I have no idea where to go. I have no guidance in my life. Because we're not relying on a God who can see the beginning from the end, to see everything in between. If we just have faith, if we just trust God and just trust his word, it might not make sense. But trust and say, God, that's what you said. I'm going to take that next step. And then Matthew 6.24, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. If we're split in our focus... And we say, oh, yeah, I want to serve God, but also I really like this Lamborghini. I really want to work and work and work hard to get that Lamborghini. And we split our focus, whatever that other thing might be, and you're saying, I got I to gotta have that, and I also, I, I guess I have to have God too. If we split our focus, eventually you're going to love one more than the other. Eventually you're going to say, well, this is getting in the way of me accomplishing this, so I guess I'm just going to have to forsake that. So many of us, we get so split in our uh, focus, we say, well, man, I, I, I want to be doing these two things parallel, but you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and wealth. You cannot serve God and anything else. Eventually, you're going to love one more than the other. What do you love tonight? So third, we see that when we center our life on Jesus, we worry less. 
I, I touched on this already a little bit, but when we center our life on Jesus, we worry less. Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 25, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. God can and God will take care of you. Every single need you have in your life that you worry about, every single need that you think in the morning, man, I'm really worried about that thing coming up tonight. I don't have the money for it. I don't have uh, the, the things taken care of for it. Whatever it is that you're worrying about, God says, don't worry about that. Trust me. Rely on me. I will take care of those needs that you have. God can and will take care of you. In, in Philippians chapter 4, we already looked at this. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't know how more clearly God would have to say that to us. I will supply your needs, God is saying. I will supply your needs. Every single need that you have, God is willing to supply. I, I learned this uh, when I was young, that worry about our needs is fruitless. That worry across the board is fruitless. The amount of worrying that we spend in our life is such a waste of time. We worry on so many things. We worry about all the what ifs. It's such a fruitless endeavor. And worry is saying that God is not enough. We go through our life and say, God, I, I'm worried about this. Uh, this thing that I and I'm consuming my life with all these things that could happen. I'm so worried about what could happen if I could get hurt or I could be broke all these different things, and I'm saying to you, God, you're not enough because you might not be able to take care of these needs. When you worry, you're saying God is not enough. I am confident in this fact that God is enough for every single need. When I went through college, I started my first semester of college, and I thank the Lord that my parents provided for the first semester. They provided for my flights, but after that, it was up to me. I had to go through college in another country where I could only work 20 hours a week. And for the first few semesters, I only worked 10 hours a week because that's all they would give me. And I had to trust God that God would provide. And if I spent my entire college uh, time uh, worried that, about how God would provide for my needs, I would lose focus of actually what God wanted me to do, what God, what God wanted me to learn in college. And I can know and be confident on this fact, God will provide your needs throughout my entire college. He always provided for my bills whenever uh, they came. And they, they, whenever the end of semester came, I knew that God would provide. I was working as much as I could. Uh, and God would take in the, the slack and whatever else I needed, God took care of. Now, that's not always the case. That's not always the case. Some people, they go through their semester and they end at the end of semester, and they don't have enough for finals. God is teaching them another lesson in life, but I knew, and God assured me of this, that God would provide for every single need that I have, financially, emotionally, physically. God would provide every single need in my life. And so it was fruitless for me to worry about it. It wasn't any good for me to worry about it. Remember that God is with you. Remember that he knows your name. And remember that he knows your needs. Isaiah 41.10. Isaiah 41.10. Fear thou not, for I, God, am with thee. 
Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Remember that God's with you. God knows your name, and God knows your name, and God knows your name, and every single person here, he knows your name, he knows your needs, he knows everything about you, so worry is fruitless. God will take care. Teens and adults, let's look at verse uh, 27 here. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Be thankful for how God made you. Be thankful for how God made you. Some teens, even adults, they go through their, their life, and they're so worried about, oh, man, my face doesn't look exactly how I, I, I wish it would. Man, my, my legs are a little bit bigger than I wish they were. Uh, I'm a little skinnier than I wish I was. I, I, I don't know. I'm, God has blessed me a little bit. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for how God made me. But so many of us go through life and we look and wish, God, man, I, I wish that I was made differently. I wish I wasn't this skin color. I wish uh, I had uh, just a more physique, a better physique. I wish I had this and that. And we go through our life so concerned about how we look and how we are. And, and, and we see in our example in Scripture here, which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit? This length right here. How many of you can add this much to your height right now just by taking thought to it? You have no control over what you look like, how tall you are, how round you are, whatever shape you might be. That's how God made you. And for us to say, God, the way you made me is wrong, you're saying to God, God, you don't know what you're doing. Teens, this is, this is an area that I know teens go through and struggle with. You look at yourselves and you think, man, I, I just am not, I don't look like what I think I should look. I feel fat. I look ugly, I think. And we go through life so concerned with, man, I think God messed up when he made me. Remember that God does not make mistakes. God does not make a mistake, and everything he does is perfect. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, how tall you are, how short you are. God has made you perfect, and you are precious in his sight. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Matthew chapter 6, verse 28, let's look at And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Again, so many of us, adults and teens alike, we get so consumed with, man, I got to have the nicest suit jacket. I have, I have the nicest shoes. I have to have the nicest dress. I have to have the nicest haircut. I have to have the nicest hat. I've got to have the nicest makeup on. We get, we get so consumed with the things that we're going to put on ourselves why take ye thought for raiment? God clothes the lilies of the field, and God says that they are arrayed in, in such a manner uh, that Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like these lilies that God has clothed. And so for us who, we are God's children, we are God's, God is looking to us and saying, why are you taking thought for what you're going to wear and how you're going to look? I'm going to clothe you, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to take care of your needs. Why are we so consumed uh, with the cares and concerns of life? Have faith in God. Amen. Trust Him. Trust Him that He's made you perfect. He's made you exactly how He intended. 
Trust him to provide for your needs. I, I remember I was, I was saying uh, in my early Christian life, uh, October 28th, 2012 was the day that I got saved. Uh, it was just about this time of the month and a few, uh, about a week or so. Uh, and I was in grade eight. And I was, uh, God was teaching me a lesson through that year uh, that my worry, my uh, concern for all the things that were happening in my life was fruitless. And I went through grade eight. I was in public school at that point, And I was so concerned about, man, my, my peers are doing wrong. Uh, my peers at uh, youth group are doing wrong. I was so concerned about and all the different things in my life that were happening. Uh, my uh, dad, I believe, uh, we, the year, at the end of that year, my dad had passed away, and I was so worried about all these various things in my life and so concerned about what am I going to do. I'm going into grade 9. I don't know if I'm going to be able to afford to go to the academy, the, uh, the uh, church I was going to. I was so worried about these things until God spoke to me, I believe, from this passage that my worry in my life is fruitless. My worry in my life has no effect on the outcome. What I'm so concerned about, what I'm so worried about, if I'm not giving it to God, it has no effect. If, I, if you go to God with your concerns, with your cares, He wants to hear you. Every single worry, every single care that you have, He says, casting all your cares upon Him, for He careth for you. Amen. Every single concern you have, you think, well, I don't know how I'm going to make it until the next paycheck. I don't know how I'm going to make it uh, through this next grade. I don't know how I'm going to pass this test. I don't know how I'm going to afford to eat. If you take all those cares that you have and just say, God, this is all my cares, cast them all on him, say, God, these are my needs, please take care. Just trust them by faith. God promises to take care of your needs. Last tonight, when the center of our life is Jesus... God takes care of our needs. I just touched about this. God takes care of our needs. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. God wants us to be a peculiar people. God wants us to be different from the world. And he's saying, all these concerns and cares and worries that the Gentiles have, that can be left to them. I want you to trust me. I want you to be different. I want you to be an example of faith. God wants us to trust him for all of our needs. Again, my, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will provide for all of our needs. And then Matthew 6, verse 33, uh, kind of our theme verse tonight. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Our focus, our end goal in life, God has given to us very clearly here, if in all generality, this is our focus and our end goal in life, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God's promise, he attaches to that, Jesus attaches this promise, and all these things, all the things that you're worried about, all the low-value things in your life that you're concerned about, all those little things, they're going to be added unto you. God wants us to be focused on the eternal, valuable things, the things that 
will matter for eternity, the things that are high value. And God says, all those other little things that you're worried about, I'm going to take care of them. Though I, though I don't agree much uh, with what Martin Luther taught, uh, he got this one thing right. He said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. Every single day he said, I would spend the first three hours in prayer because I have so much to do in my life. Though I don't agree, agree with much of what he says, he's got that right. When we spend our lives and we're so uh, worried about everything, we don't go to God first and seek God first, seek ye first the kingdom of God. If we don't go to him first and give him our needs, give him our cares, give him the things of today, we, we're, we're forgetting that God is able to provide, God is able to take care of us. Hebrews chapter 6, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If we're going to uh, trust God, we must have faith. It's impossible uh, to uh, please God without faith. It's impossible to go through this life and please God without trusting him. And in the actions and, and things that we do in our lives, if we're not going and saying, God, I trust you for these things and I trust you for this and this next step in my life, I trust that you'll provide that for me. God is wanting us to trust him and it says here, and he is a rewarder. God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you go to God again and again and again and give him your needs and say, God, I trust you for this. He's going to bless you bountifully. He's going to be a rewarder of you that are diligently seeking him. God promises to bless those who give abundantly, abundantly. God rewards those who seek him by faith. Then finally, our last verse of this chapter, Take therefore no thought of the, for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We must remember to start our day with God. We must remember to start our day with God, for this is the context which the rest of the day is framed around. When we start our day without God, the rest of the day is godless. And we say, ah, I'm so concerned about all these things in my life. And we forget that there's a God that can take care of our needs. The lifestyle that we ought to live is seeking God first. Trusting God for him to provide for our needs. Giving him our cares and our worries. If we start our day... Focused on seeking God, the rest of our day is framed around that context. And if we start our day worried about tomorrow, the rest of our day will be consumed with tomorrow. If we start our day worried about tomorrow, the rest of our day is going to be consumed with tomorrow. And so thus, we never live in the present. So many people, they live, you see them there, they're they're there physically, but they're not there mentally. They're thinking about tomorrow. They're trying to be a time traveler and think about, man, I, that thing tomorrow, I, I'm, I'm trying to do that right now. 
If we get so focused on trying to do tomorrow, today we'll never live the life God wants us to do. So are you living a life in the present are you, or are you living a life in the future? Are you living a life in the present or living a life in the future, never really being present? And so what are you investing your life in? As we close tonight, what are you investing your life in? I would highly encourage you to invest your life in the eternal. Amen. Give to the work of God. Support missionaries. Give to building projects. Uh, give to the needs of the church. Give to God's work uh, through uh, the local church. What are you investing your life in? May it be eternal. And then what is your end goal in life? What is that thing that you say, by the time I die, that's the thing I wish I would have done? And if that's anything other than the full calling of God, I would, I would encourage you to reconsider tonight and think, what is God's calling for my life? What is the thing that God wants me to do? Not everyone here can be a pastor. Not everyone here can be a missionary. Not everyone here can be involved in full-time ministry. But everyone here has a calling of God for your life. God has a unique uh, plan for each and every one in your life that only you can fulfill. Uh, you have an integral role in, in the uh, overall working of God that God wants you to do. Your, your role in life is not common. It is not like everyone else's. God has a unique purpose for your life for you to fulfill. So what's your end goal in life? Let it be God's calling on your life. And then is your life consumed by worry? Is your life consumed by the things that might happen tomorrow? Is your life consumed with, man, I, I don't know how this is going to work out? Or is it consumed well with faith? Are you trusting God? Are you trusting God that he will take care, he will provide your needs? Or are you saying, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't trust you, God. I don't know what's, how you're going to provide. I shared this uh, Friday night. Uh, I heard a quote. Someone said, my lack, of prayerless, uh, uh, my lack of prayer is my declaration of independence from God. When we say, I'm not going to go to God in prayer. I'm going to take all my worries and bear them upon myself. I'm going to take all my worries and concerns and bear that load. When Jesus wants to bear that load, if we take all of those burdens and cares and worries of our life, we're saying, I'm independent from God. I am sovereign. I don't need God's help. Or are we trusting God, giving him our burdens, sharing the yoke with him? Are we giving him our cares, knowing that he will take care? And then last, are you trusting God to take care of you? Are you trusting God to take care of your finances, to take care of your needs? If I haven't said it enough tonight, God will provide all of your needs. God will provide for all your cares. His riches are infinite. There's no end of his wallet. He doesn't get to his wallet and say, wow, I'm empty today. I've got to wait till the next paycheck. God is, his riches are infinite. His bank can just keep dispensing value and worth, it doesn't, there's no end to it. So are you trusting God to take care? Let's, let's, uh, let's stand, let's uh, bow our heads, let's uh, we'll have Esther and Tim come for the invitational. Tonight, are you trusting God? Are you 
uh, living a life that is relying on God? Is your lifestyle an example to the believers? Is it a lifestyle that God looks at you and says, he's trusting me for all of his cares, all of his concerns, all of his worries. He's trusting me. Are you living a lifestyle that is an example? Please turn to page 112. Seek ye first, page number 512. the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you Alleluia Alleluia Where two or three are gathered my name there am I in their midst and whatsoever ye last I'll do Hallelujah Hallelujah Amen. Well, let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this promise in your word that you will take care every single need that we have god you will take care you'll provide for every worry that we have every uh, thing that we're so concerned and anxious about all the needs that we have in our life we thank you god that you will provide you will take care help us god to to trust you by faith help us to uh, seek you uh, with whenever we have need and lord we need you tonight and i pray you help us I pray for these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.